I'm Belle, born and raised in Austin, Texas. I'm a wife, a dancer, and a proud dog mom. I'm Claw. I'm an aspiring world leader from Austin, Texas. I love shopping, my dog Bruce, and showing others how to love themselves. I'm like Elle Woods, but with more spice. Hello? Hello? Okay. Okay, yeah, it's on separate. So, you know, the other day I was getting dressed for work. I have this really cute green skirt that I bought from Mod Cloth. Probably like back when we went in the summertime together when we first went to go try on clothes. By the way, Mod Cloth is amazing. I love them. Yes, they hooked it up with that free yes. consultation. Exactly. So if you want to sponsor, <clears throat> I'll take that. Thank you. We both will. No, but so the skirt's feeling, um, fitting me loose. I was super shocked by that because I only dance once a week. I maintain an okay diet. But I have a lot of health problems, and I'm just like, whoa, where's all this going? The scale's not changing. I'm like, so where's this going? Have you ever had that happen to you? Um, No, not really. Not <laughs> if, really? No, because my body really plateaus, so oh, I can okay. stay the same weight for years, mm-hmm. um, and nothing will change. So if I lose weight, I know that there is something going on, and I usually know what to attribute it to. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I haven't always been, like, super confident being the size that I am. Have you? Have you always been confident being the size? Uh, I would say for the, as, you know, teenage years, everyone has that, like, oh, my God, my body's so weird. Like, that's just to be expected, right? So, like, teenage years, yes, like, I did have that issue, but into my adulthood, like not really um i my size like of my my body and like the size that i wear and the weight that i am has never been like a big issue to me because like i think i'm like hot regardless i mean (laughs) i mean you are but i mean there's it's just it's different like i've had different issues and different struggles Mm -hmm. but weight just happens to not be one of them Oh, how did how did that work out? Like growing up, like most people, like me, I was worried about like my weight. There was a whole different like attributions to that. But like with you growing up, like what what was your influence to not be influenced by like you know celebrities, what's on TV, the magazines, or just other girls you were going to school with? So I mean, no, like during my teenage years, like it did affect me, but really not that much. Um, my mentality was more focused on my career and like and and I know that's that sounds so nerdy and so like oh my god (laughs) but like my mentality and everything that I had ever done was more focused on my education and my career and like my future prosperity so like even in high school I still had the mentality of like all y'all fuckers can like make fun of me call me you know tell me i have a stick up my ass as much as y'all want but like i'm gonna be y'all's fucking bosses one day like that's just the mentality that i've had since i was younger and so really i never paid much attention to like what i looked like because i knew that that could change Mm -hmm. like i knew i wasn't going to be set in that body or stuck in those characteristics forever that that would develop and change over time so I just I never put much emphasis on it because mm-hmm. it's something that was 
partially within my control weight-wise, yeah. but then also partially out of my control because I was a fucking teenager. Like, your body's going to change. True, changes. Yeah. So for me, I was more focused on, like, okay, if you know, if I'm going to be in theater, if I'm going to be in debate, if I'm going to do – and, you know, this and that, how is it going to affect my prospects of university, you know, and the mm-hmm. type of school that I go into, the type of education that I get, like, that's what you were my just fo- You were focused, focused on other on. things. Yeah, yeah, you had. So I went through some really, really hard, like, school issues. Like, <laughs> we're going to talk about, like, oh, my God, like, impending doom. Impending Your future doom. rests on, you know, this and that. Then I went through hell with that. Oh my but body-wise and weight-wise, I, I didn't really suffer, quote-unquote, too much with it. Oh. And and what about you? So growing up, um, I grew up with my mom and um, her parents, my grandparents, which are amazing. But be kind of going back a little bit with the Latin culture, um, my grandmother, which she's amazing and she's super sweet, but she's beautiful and super thin love her you should see her fashion oh my gosh but she was always when I was growing up she was always oh you need to be thin men don't like fat girls but I wasn't fat I was high school weighing 104 how was that fat if anything I look like I'm starving (laughs) and so here I am like two burritos deep from Taco Cabana and she's like you know that that's not gonna look right if you know you put that weight on like what and then when I was singing she was like nobody wants to see a fat girl on stage well I think you need to give more background to that because I what I know that you have had a singing career in the past but I'm interested to hear the background Mm -hmm. of of how you coming to be a singer and then your the issues that you had with being like a somewhat public figure you know being a singer so well so really when it comes to you know the size weight you know all that that actually stems from high school and from like being told that or whatever and so I ended up becoming bulimic and I was just throwing up it was just so disgusting with that but once that came out and I forgot I think I told my mom I think it finally like told her and it came out dude that was I actually wish I would have never said anything because I would after that I was getting followed to the bathroom every time. I'm like, damn, I'm just trying to take a shit. Like I'm really not throwing up this, you know, food that we just ate at the I'm gathering. Like <laughs> I mean, she was just doing that because she cared. And like I, I mean, yes, it's hella it annoying. Was, dude, it was family friends following me to the bathroom if she couldn't. It was cousins, aunts, uncles. Like I mean, but if anything, that means you got a hella good Pops support fa- system. Pops's friend from the bar. I mean, but that means that That's you got a creepy, good, but no. I know it does. But <laughs> no. you that means that you have a really I mean, good support system like, that damn. if you tell them, if you wave a white flag and well, you're like, I, mean, I yeah. need help, they're going to be like, OK, bitch, you don't <laughs> ask for this. Like, we're going to help you, but you're just going to have to accept that this is the way we're going to do it. Yeah. And then the funny thing is, it's like, well, why are you doing this? I never told them like, well, because I had this image in my head, you know, like, why well, need to be this thin? Because, oh, you know, guys don't like that. And growing up, huh, you can say I was a little boy crazy. Mm, yeah, maybe just Tad. No, I'm just kidding a lot. So <laughs> why lie? Why lie to you guys? So that happened. And then, of course, um, I stopped, you know, throwing up. All that was okay by the time I was 17-ish. And that's when I started getting into music. My family has a band. And so we would go and rehearse. we perform. So much fun doing that. Um, 
but still I was like really concerned about my weight because then here comes all this attention um people wanting to take photos with me um just being out there doing um photo shoots you know solo or with the band I mean it was a, then doing recording you're always just under so much of a microscope so when celebrities let's just say like Demi Lovato gets really down about herself because so much and no I'm not as great as Demi Lovato like she's amazing she has great vocals you know whatever but like I understand her now with the whole social media although back then it was like MySpace Facebook was barely becoming a thing kind of issue so I didn't have to really see any of that and the circle was actually just you would hear about it like oh well there goes Belle eat that goddamn pizza again but I was still 104 like the fuck <laughs> yeah I mean and I think that being in in the public eye no matter if it's just like locally yeah. or you know at an international level being in the public eye you always face some scrutiny whether that comes from the people your audience or yeah. whether that comes or from the, the people, people in your that circle. You, that, and yes, from your inner circle. So, like, for example, like, while I didn't really put a lot of emphasis on my weight um, or what my body looked like, like, yes, I did, but I didn't, it didn't really, I didn't, it didn't care too much. You. It yes, didn't it, it didn't you. consume me. Um, but, for example, with my mom, um, she has always said, up until maybe about, like, five years ago six years ago she kind of stopped uh because she saw just how damaging it was but she would always make remarks that were kind of backhanded compliments so she would say oh, like I hate those she'd be like oh mika you're so pretty but if you were just to lose weight you would be so much prettier and just think of you know the type yeah. of guys that you could get because you're pretty already but just imagine what it what you could be and so like that was very damaging and yeah and i mean but the why thing can't is, somebody like, love you for you yeah but at the same time like i guess and i don't know if it's just like in my genes like of who i am but instead of like taking that to heart if anything it would just make me angry when she would say that because <laughs> i know because like to me in my mind i was like no like i'm am worthy of love now and i will be worthy of love at any weight that that i am so it never really affected me that deeply. But yes, it, it was tough hearing things like that. Yeah. And then at the same time, uh, dad was in my life for a little while longer. And I've always been like a chubby, like chunky kid. Like that's mm. just, I've, I don't know what it's like to be skinny because I've never been skinny. And, I, and that's fine with me. Like I have no, I don't care. Like t if I feel good. And my body is healthy and functions properly and I feel like I can wear clothes that I like, then for me, I'm doing all right in life. Uh, but like growing up with dad, he would make comments about me having to be more active and be more like um, our stepbrothers so that way I could one day be a certain weight or look a certain way um you know for for i guess a, a good man like I, I don't know i don't know what the point is of parents telling us that sort of stuff but i do i'm agree. just gonna say he needs to look to the right side of him but i do agree that your inner circle can be even more detrimental sometimes than even and like it's because the audience you value their opinion and their advice so you're like well i mean should i should i lose this weight and should i watch what i'm eating i mean 
I still kept eating those burritos. I didn't care. But that didn't contribute to my weight gain. So when I got married to this idiot, um, back in 2006, I had started gaining weight in preparation for the wedding. Didn't know why. Everybody's like, oh, it's because you're in love. It's a new relationship. So, you know, it happens. But then I had to, like, really lock down on eating salads because I was really close to not fitting in my wedding dress. Nothing had ever changed with what I was doing or how I was eating. It's just something was going on. And they were just like, oh, well, that's why. So then um, fast forward a little bit, I gained mm, about 100 and something pounds, 100 plus pounds. I went from being 104 to 220 at my heaviest within a good six month span. That was insane. So talk about like total mind fuck and not knowing what to do with yourself because you don't know what I didn't know what was wrong with me and it's like what's going on. Yeah, I mean, because at that point it's not attributed to what you eat. At that point, it's like there's something there else is, going on. Yes, there is something inside my body mm-hmm. that is not right. Yeah. So I'll just touch base real quick. Um, I that's when a year after that. So probably back in. 2008 we found out that I have a brain tumor that's brain tumor number one I've had I'm on my third one but so when we found out I have brain tumor number one we found out oh it's releasing a lot of prolactin this contributes to your metabolism not working wow way to go body like you're failing on me by letting me get fat damn it so I go through the surgery I go through recovery but you know the weight's still not getting anywhere I'm still the same size I was being more active then to try and progress it and help it along and eating better, but nothing happened. Nothing worked. It wasn't until after, uh, so about when I met you, that's when everything kind of started changing because this idiot cheated. And so I, which we'll go into that another story, but he cheated. And then once our marriage ended, I started like losing weight. And I don't know if it's because he's out like, damn, I dropped all that weight. That was him. And I, yeah, <laughs> I know, know, right? You lost him and then some. Yeah, seriously, but... I lost. Um, I went from two twenty to one sixty. So the whole time, like I was living my whole life, I was one sixty, and it yeah. didn't look like it because I felt like I would look skinnier than what I actually was, and so that was just, I don't know, I don't know if you ever do that. That was my weight, like back then. No, I mean, we never talked about weight. I mean, that's not one thing that we're like, I mean, yeah, so how much you weighed this month? <laughs> we really not, don't. I yeah. know, that's not something that we sit around and like <laughs> openly discuss. I mean, if it happens to come out, then it happens yeah. to come out. We don't really, we don't hide much from each other. So, yeah, so I'm like, uh, no, you didn't. But I do remember that when we first met, like, you know, you were heavier set. Yeah. Right? Like, and this is you were just heavier set. Like I've always been like kind of chubby, like my entire life. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I'm used to it. Um, But then I remember that after I left for New York, which was about like three months after we met, Mm -hmm. I met in July and I left. And then I remember coming home for Thanksgiving and both you and I had taken a turn for I don't know. I think you took a turn for the better and I took no. a turn. Well, I don't know. I feel like I took a turn for the worse because in that, I mean, in that amount of time uh-huh. talking about your weight journey, yes. you did lose weight. Mm-hmm. So you were heavier set when we first met. Then I came home for Thanksgiving 
and you had lost weight. Like, yeah. and I knew that, that you was were four going. Months. Yeah, and four I knew months. that you were going through your divorce as well, mm-hmm. right? So, like, and, and I remember that my mom telling me stories about how when she got divorced from dad, how she like lost all this weight, yeah. and that seems to be a thing that I've right. noticed is that when women get divorced from trash men, they just like, lose some weight. Yeah, they lose some weight, and it's probably like, well, you know, they probably your partner, your trash partner, had something to do with it. Exactly. Um. So you know, you had lost some weight. And then for me, this was whenever I started kind of entering my like weight journey. I'm not going to call it weight loss, but like my weight. Because you weren't trying to lose weight. Because I had left for New York uh, to go to NYU in August of 2012. Um, that was the same year that uh, the hurricane famously hit uh, downtown Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And it really, really, really traumatized me. Um, in the sense that I had never been away from home. There's a lot that happened within that timeline of events that really traumatized me. And so my anxiety was like out the wazoo. Like I I don't even know how I was properly functioning because I can't even imagine my mindset again. Like, and I don't try to put myself back into that mindset I tried putting myself back in my shoes to try and see what it was that I was thinking at the time and how my mind was working because my anxiety was so bad, guys, that like I was not I was terrified of eating because during the time of the hurricane hitting and then NYU allowing the campus to reopen, Mm -hmm. I discovered that I had a peanut allergy. Good Lord. But I didn't know this. At the time, um, what had caused my my allergic reaction. And so on top of like, you know, being displaced and having to find somewhere to go and staying with someone and whatnot, uh, being away from family, not having cell phone reception, like having to get rations. Yeah, and see I people remember sleep nobody on cots. knew where you were. Yeah. Um, so on top of all of that, I had this, you know, allergic reaction. My mental health just completely spiraled downwards after that Mm -hmm. and so I was terrified of eating food and I would only eat things that had basically like no spices no flavor because I needed to know exactly what was going into my body because I didn't want to eat something that I could possibly be allergic to but like it got to the point where like I wouldn't eat like salt pepper like I was just things had to be completely plain so I dropped maybe about 70 pounds within the span of like two and a half months you were you were looking and, real thin real thin and i knew that something was wrong with me i mean i knew it wasn't right i did not like that i was losing weight because i knew that it wasn't attributed to me being it wasn't more like active. healthy yes. way of losing it, weight I, like it wasn't attributed to me being active or anything and the one thing that i have always when i look back you know, at, at the experience of dramatically losing that much weight is the fact that my family failed to see that. And that has always sucked the most when I think back about it, because everyone was so happy that I had lost weight. And so I was always getting compliments. Oh, like so they were like, you look so good. Oh, my God. Yes. What, what have you been doing? Every, it, you look well, every Well, no. Everyone knew that mentally I was fucked. Like, there, there, because okay. there was absolutely no hiding it. Like, I wouldn't. 
if someone had eaten like for example pizza if someone ate pizza and then happened to touch a doorknob to enter a room that i was supposed to enter i refused to touch the doorknob because i didn't know if there was cross-contamination from things that i might be allergic to so like there was everyone knew that there was something wrong with me yeah but at the same time everyone also said like oh, well, at least you're losing weight. You know, you look really good. So, you know, it can't be that bad. Like, you're not technically unhealthy. Like, in fact, you were overweight. And now you're at, like, the average yeah. weight for someone of your age, height, and size. Yeah. Um, damn yeah. And so everyone's just like, so I don't really see what the big deal is with you having changed this dramatically. And so for me, I think that was the the turning point in which I realized that, I will never be that person who places that much emphasis on my weight because for me, I was at the skinniest that I had ever been when I came back from New York, but mentally I was in the darkest place of my life, like yeah. the the absolute darkest place of my life. I do not know how I even like functioned. I, I just, I can't even comprehend how my mind was thinking at that time so would you say like your experience in nyu and um finding out you had a peanut allergy would you say that contributed to some form of like anorexia because you were just so like i don't no, know what's it, in no this. it I don't doesn't know have to do I, so i don't attribute okay. it to any sort of like body dysmorphia uh -huh. thing if anything, I feel like it was a little bit of like an obsessive compulsive disorder Okay. Um, because I would triple check ingredients. I would wash my hands a thousand times a day. I would wash every surface or mm -hmm. wipe it down before I touched it. Like I wouldn't shake hands. I There was just things. So I don't attribute any of what I experienced to any sort of body dysmorphia because it had nothing, absolutely nothing to mm -hmm. do with the way that I looked. It purely had to do with the way that my mind okay. was thinking. Shortly after that, I started going to therapy um, and taking some anti-anxiety medicine to help balance out my brain chemicals, that yeah. good old serotonin, um, and that dramatically, dramatically changed my life. It helped improve, and I'm talking about the medicine alone, it helped me actually start eating things and reintegrating different foods into my life that there was no reason for me to be terrified of. Like, I remember I was refusing to eat a banana once because I was just, you know, terrified. And my mom yeah. was sitting there, like, begging me to eat, eat something because she needed me to eat, right? I needed uh -huh. to be able to eat food to stay alive. Um, and after I started taking the uh, Prozac, which is what I, what, what I was prescribed, um, I was finally able to start, like, reintegrating foods and, like, eating normally again. Um, and I mean, that took months, mm -hmm. but like it definitely helped. So I had dramatically lost all this weight <laughs> and then I had started, you know, gaining it, G gaining some of it back. Like I, I didn't gain all of it back within that year, yeah, but, no. <laughs> but I, yeah, but I did put on like another like 10, 15 pounds, which was like normal. And so at that point I felt good about my body. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the first time that I had actively felt good about my body mm -hmm. because I was like oh my god mentally I'm okay now so I can actually enjoy this skinnier Claudia 
because before I couldn't enjoy it because I was too just too far gone mentally. Yeah. And so I was towards the end of 2013, I was able to start really enjoying and using <laughs> okay yeah really start enjoying and like using the body that i had just so happened to be placed in yeah that sounds about right because with the timeline when it comes to 2014 i was just thinking about it when you were talking um that's when we did our first south by southwest and man we were all over town let me tell you and you were just feeling yourself like 100 percent. i remember that Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I knew that so I... So by then, like, you were, like, you Yeah. Know. So, I mean, it was like I had a very, very rapid decline, but then the come up, like, was also very fast as well. The like, comeback's it, always greater than the setback. Yeah, I definitely... Mike, the situation. Because I didn't even <laughs> know that he's the one that said that. Oh, my yes. God. I mean, but I agree, though. Sitch. Um. So, I knew that I was feeling myself, right? Like, I had overcome my mental health issues um and so around that time like you said like 2014 I did I was feeling the hell out of myself like I knew (laughs) that I looked good because I was finally able to love the body that everyone else seemed to think was so fucking fantastic okay so the timeline right now is early 2014 and at this time both of us are living our best lives yes um, our best and we're both life. feeling each other like or not okay never mind okay see, no that sorry we're not. so okay we so, don't live like that so okay? we were, we're close okay but not, we we're, were not both close. feeling ourselves but we were also like each other's biggest hype men like 100 percent. we talked each other up hard i mean but we had every right to yeah like one, we I had mean, if you can't do that with your sister then who else you can do it with right so like us together, like going out and doing shit was hella fun, but also hella dangerous. Very dangerous. Yeah. We used to go out every Monday. That, uh, yep. That was and, dangerous. I mean, there's some stories there that y'all will hear. Yes, yes. Yeah. So keep listening. At, yeah, at later times. Um, but around that time is when we both started like really diving into the dating game. Yeah, I was finally ready from after my divorce to this idiot to start dating. I feel good, I look good, so I'm ready to get out there. So when I do talk about my whole life, H-O-E, I was living my whole life. I was dating back to back to back to back. But as all dating stories go, you have those really shitty men. By shitty, I mean a whole different brand of shitty that's actually going to comment on your weight. So, of course, I was good at the angles, good at the side picks, good at the front picks. Didn't matter. Even right now, I don't care. I will take a fire selfie. Just point the camera and shoot. I'm ready. But when I would go on these first dates with these guys, some of them, two in particular, I remember one was like, you look thinner in your photos. And I was like, what? Like, I literally lost 60 pounds. I look damn good. I look like I weigh 130. So what? what's your problem? Here I am fitting in a size 10, looking good. Like, no. Then I had another guy tell me, and I remember him, and I hate him so much. He has this stupid little poodle, which I love dogs. I'm a big dog lover, by the way. But he had this stupid little poodle he put on a pedestal. And so for that instance, I was like, how dare you judge me? But he was just like, oh, you have one of those mirrors that make you look thinner. Because I even do it now. I'll take uh, mirror pictures. And I'm like, what? And? 
So what's the problem? You're still on the date. You're over here trying to get it in, which you are obviously not, sir. So what's the issue? That's where I ended with dating. So I would end up dating these guys. And then I would actually just forget about them afterwards. It would really piss me off. But then I would just cut them off completely. And then, like Ariana Grande says, thank you, next. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, well, you turned out to be an asshole. So yeah, I'm like, well, why am I going to surround myself with all that negativity? Like, do I want to date? Yeah. Would I really want to date you? Yes. But after you opened your mouth, not anymore. See? So. Yeah. What was me with dating? Okay. <laughs> I mean, me with dating was, I don't know, a little different-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I... And I think it's just because my entire life, I've never placed that much emphasis on my weight. So to me, if a guy wasn't into me, I didn't take it as like like, "Eh." my weight. And like no one had ever commented on my weight. Right. Like no one like on. And I've been on a lot of dates like (laughs) no one ever said, oh, you look different or oh, you look bigger in person than you do in your photos. Like no one ever said anything like that. Yeah. I'm like, no one ever said anything like that to me um when I was going on dates um and so anytime that something just didn't work out I always just attribute it to personality like (laughs) and I don't know if that's like the naive person in me but like I just always attributed it to like well like we yeah like I could see how like our personalities would like not mesh like yeah conversation was like a little dry like could Mm -hmm. it could have been a little better so I never put that much emphasis on that But the one thing that I started developing was that around this time, um, I had transferred to two different universities. And so spring 2014 was my second semester at UT. It had been the longest that I had ever was at a university, um, but I was struggling. And I mean, that had to deal with like different academic reasons, but I was struggling to like find myself at UT and on campus. Um, so I started looking for validation elsewhere and that just so happened to be with guys, um, because I was lacking in a different part of my life. Mm -hmm. I was using guys to fill that void. Um, and so, uh, I don't think I've ever shared this publicly, like really put it out there like I'm pretty open about my struggles but like I don't really say these next words that are about to come out of yeah, my mouth I don't I don't think you talk about that too much even within like our small circle you don't I mean you know be like oh yeah I went through some things but that's really like where you leave it at yeah and I get it because it's a it's a sensitive topic it you know talking about it can bring back a lot of memories yeah so I guess Long story short, um, I was dealing with sex addiction and codependency issues. Basically, uh, and it's going to sound really, really sad and depressing, I basically would have sex with guys and, you know, I'm not going to lie, like it was a good amount of people um, because I would go from man to man hoping that someone could help fill the void that I was missing. And it took one really kind of big experience and big turn of events where basically I went missing like I I was just completely off the radar because there was this guy who I was like oh my god like he's the one like he's gonna help me feel happy like he makes me feel like whole and complete and whatever right and so I latched on to him and I basically it turned into like an extended 72 hour date 
And so for 72 hours, no one could get in touch that. with me. I was pissed because we were talking every day, every day. Couldn't find this fool. Yeah. So like no one could get in touch with me. I wasn't showing up for work. I wasn't showing up for classes. No one knew where I was, how I was doing. She could have been dead in a ditch. Who yeah. Knows? And so it wasn't until I came home finally from that extended um, date and went to work the next day. And at this time, I was working for my dad um, in the hopes of like rebuilding our relationship, right? Like, because I was on this like mental health path and I was like, I'm going to do better, you know, things yeah. are going to be better. And so I had been missing from work and then I showed up and he was like, this is dad. He was like, you know, where the hell have you been? Like, I've been calling. I went to all of your professors. I asked if they had seen you. No one knows where you like, t what the hell, what, you know, happened. He could have called me. And I remember specifically. He didn't I, try. He, but you weren't going to be able to provide answers either. No, but he could I mean, but he, he wasn't that worried. I'm, but he, I'm like, he didn't call. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he was worried. So um, I remember, and it was kind of like this, that was the beginning of the turning point for me in my sex addiction and codependency i showed up to work he asked me what the hell happened and in order for us to have like a long talk because you know he asked me what the hell happened and by that time i was already like mentally so far gone and feeling so lost and searching for value elsewhere that i was just ready to have like a breakdown at any moment right mm -hmm. so i guess you could tell that there was like tears swelling up in my eyes yeah so instead of me sobbing there in the office um, we went and we got on a golf cart and just kind of took a ride around UT campus. Mm -hmm. And I basically like broke down and I told him everything that had been going on mm -hmm. about like how I'd been having sex with all these different guys because I just wasn't happy. Like I wasn't happy. I, I didn't know what to do. And I felt like there was a big hole in my life. And I was just trying to fill it with things and I wasn't doing it in the best way. Yeah. And um, I think he then shared with me some some things that he had been through in his life as well. He, he opened up to me a little, uh, you know, about that, too, and basically said, like, you need to get help. And there is nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. Yeah. no, there's And nothing. um. Sorry, guys. Don't no, want to start crying about too this. Real, too real. Too real. It's getting yeah, real right now. <laughs> getting really, really no, real. So, and but basically, yeah. like, you know, my dad hasn't, he hasn't done much for me in this lifetime. But the one thing that I am absolutely grateful for is that I was able to go to him and share this experience with him. And there was no judgment. It was a completely judgment-free zone. And... Because he told me to get help, I did. And that was the best thing that I could have ever done for myself. Um, because I, shortly after that, called UT Mental Health <laughs> <laughs> Services and scheduled an appointment. And I remember that yeah. they had told me, you know, well, the earliest that we can see you is in like two months from now because we're completely booked. And I remember sitting on my staircase in my apartment and I was sobbing on the phone with them. And I was like, I don't think you understand. Like I need help now. Like if there is any way that y'all could even see me today, mm -hmm. like that would be the best because like I need help. 
Like, I just, I can't do it. And I just completely broke down. So, anyways, they were, after having that emotional breakdown, (laughs) after completely breaking down to the poor person on the other line. They're just like, damn, it's 5 o'clock, I'm trying to leave, dude. No! (laughs) Um, They were able to get me into, like, a same-day appointment, and I went, and after that initial consultation, they were like, listen, there's this intense outpatient group therapy Yes. Like it's if it's something that's yeah. going to work. Yes. Like at this point, like I'm just, anything I'm desperate. Right. I'm desperate for anything. And by this time, I had already been to therapy. So I knew that one on one therapy didn't work for me. So it was this intense outpatient uh, uh, therapy. And it, and it really did help. Um, I know that you had gone through some issues and I shared, you know, a little bit about mine. What was your come up like? So coming up after the whole dating thing, I still struggled with, oh, you know, maybe, you know, I I can lose a little bit more weight. But at the same time, then I started just being happy, like, oh, do you, you know, look at, look at the way this fits me. It's super cute. I'm super fashionable. I'm, I hate to sound like I'm materialistic, but I love clothes so much. <laughs> I mean I love clothes so if I have like the cutest skirt I'm like damn girl I am getting it like I can get it today by myself I mean that's both of us though like we we very much enjoy the finer things in life we really do like a lot of people pride themselves and they're like oh I'm not like most girls I just need a t-shirt and jeans and I'm like I'm like, uh, okay. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm like, whatever. If you like t-shirts and jeans, that's fine. Yeah. But for us, but for no, us, that's no. not like, it. We very much enjoy the luxurious things in life and want the luxurious exactly. things Exactly. And if in we life. can get a good deal and sale on it. We'll even better. Even better, yeah. Just means we can buy more. No, so that's just really how it came about for me where it's like, well, look, there's all this clothes that I wasn't able to fit into like when I was weighing 220. And damn, I look good. And then I think one of the turning points, a little for me, was also having my stupid ex hit me up while he was dating somebody still. And it wasn't even the person he had left me for. And he was like, hey, you look good, blah, blah, blah. Like the typical like ex-boyfriend would come back and tell you. And I'm like, eh, too bad, bitch, bye. Like, oh, well, you fucked up. You can't come in and reap the benefits of, you're lousy ass leaving like sorry oh well hmm knew me (laughs) but so I mean that like really helped like well damn I do look good because when he left he was like I don't love you anymore I'm unattractive to you 220 because of a medical issue at this you know at that point it's not because I didn't just give a fuck and I kept eating and they're like shit no, it was like attributed to a medical condition. But like that's just like really, really that's, asshole. That because is real the, the heaviest that I have been yeah. has been two twenty five. Yeah, I, that I mean, like that off. is yeah. the heaviest I've ever been. And even then, I had boyfriends who loved me and loved my body and loved every part of it. And then so I had a husband just, for six years, yes. and he's like, "I'm not attracted to you. I don't love you." And I'm like, "So that just shows that that's a trash man to begin with." Exactly, mm, trash. 100%. No, but so during the dating era, I also saw, along with fashion, that I was just such a hot fucking commodity and I loved it. I don't know. Attribute it to daddy issues or whatnot. I don't care. I loved it. I was like, yeah, I know it looked good. Oh, your man's in my inbox, but I don't play that game. So, no. 
But I think it was also like dating a lot. And then when I finally ended up meeting Adam, like he did whatever he could to quote woo me. I don't know, whatever, woo. But he bought me a bear. That was all he did. (laughs) It's all it takes. That's all it takes to get all up in here. (laughs) A blue bear. (laughs) But no, and, you know, being with him, it didn't feel, it just felt right. Like, I was able to be myself. Now, granted, though, I have gained weight since we've been together, still due to tumor number three. But he's like, I don't see that. Like, I'm like, look at this role. It's like, why are you playing with my role? He's like, I'm just like messing with you. It's not like I'm making fun. Like, I know he's not making fun of me. Adam, you know, I know. Don't. Mm. But he's just like, no. And he goes like, I don't see any of that. He was like, I see you. You look great. I don't, I'm, I don't understand what you see. So I still go through those struggles, but it doesn't hit me as hard as it did back then towards like, well, I don't want to eat. Cause girl, I will go get two breakfast jacks right now from Jack in the Box. What do you think attributed to that change in mindset for you? I think, so I don't want to attribute it to just a guy. Well, he's not just a guy, he's my husband, but I just don't want to attribute just to him. It's just surrounding myself, different people, having a different outlook on life and that took time because like I said I still struggle with it now and I have to be brought back down to reality whether it be Adam or whether it be you or social media or just my small group of friends that I have right now which I am grateful for that we can talk about any of this because there's been times where that group chat is blown up with all kinds of body issues that we're having with ourselves but that just shows me it's normal to feel like this and it's real but the next day, remember, you're still this badass bitch. No matter your size, you can be a size four, you can be a 10, you can be an 18. Shit, I don't know. You can be a 24. It doesn't matter. Keep going up. You're still a badass bitch. So I still attribute to Uncle Steve, Steve Harvey. If you feel good, you look good. And so that's why I also go with the fashion, right? Because I can buy clothes for my body. And it took me a while too to even like get off of the whole size thing. Cause I'm like, well, you know, shit, I don't want to be a size 14. Like what? I want, I'd rather be a size 10 or I give anything to be a size six, but I'm like, if I can find something that makes my body look great and I feel freaking fantastic in it, even better, even better. If I go to work wearing it, I get all these compliments and I'm like, I know I'm killing it. No big deal. So what about with you? How did, how's your come up? My contributing to that. And I think I touched a little bit on that was uh, starting therapy. And so when it came to then creating a game plan for myself um, to try to fill this void, I realized like men are going to men aren't the answer. They're not going (laughs) to fix it. I have to do things that make me proud of myself. I got really, really involved in school. Um, So I helped found a student organization, then got really, really involved in student government. Helping others is what helped me fill that void. So that was, I mean, that was my come up. And as far as like body wise, like I practice like loving myself like all the time. And like that was one thing in, in therapy that I had a very hard time 
and it's uh, hard yeah and it's easy to be like well you should just love yourself love who you are that's hard and my therapist was fucking hated me like because i think we spent like two weeks on like self-care and self-compassion and Uh all of that right and I was like, I was so stubborn. I was so hard headed. I was like, no, I was like, you don't fucking I mean, need that. That just means you're fucking weak. Are. Like be fucking tough. Right. Yeah, I still am. I mean, I am too. And it took like drilling and drilling into me that like being kind to yourself is not weakness. It just means you're treating yourself like a fucking human being. And it means that you're not putting unrealistic expectations upon yourself. And so like body wise like i mean i've never really dealt with those you know body Mm -hmm. image issues but it really did help me understand and further validate like your weight is not everything like your weight is not your defining feature and that is something she has to tell me all the time because i'm like bitch i just stepped on the scale i took the biggest crap of my life and i am still the same weight what is going on yeah and and for me i i have to always be the one and i mean i have to do it to myself sometimes like whatever like i go through pms right once a month and so like i do get like oh my god like this doesn't look right like my fucking i'm like oh my fupa is just like so pronounced right now like oh my god like so not to say that i don't ever deal with that but like it, oh yeah, because no. I do. Like I sometimes I do look at myself wearing my clothes, and I'm like, oh my god, like nothing looks right. Everything looks terrible because of this roll sticking out here or this arm fat being exactly. shown here. Yeah, my favorite thing is to say, oh my god, why do I look like a potato? Yeah, I'm like, you don't look like a potato. <laughs> I know, and so it's like it's not that I never deal with these things. It's human nature to have these feelings and go through these ups and downs of of struggling with your body and the way that you look like it's just it's in human nature and the one thing that I always try to tell people is that those feelings and those moments you have complete control over and so you can be the one to tell yourself that this is currently how I feel about my body Instead of turning it into a permanent mindset, yeah, exactly. I think being able to distinguish and say, currently, I do not like the way that my body looks because of the way that this dress is sitting on me. That is a fleeting moment. Oh, yeah. And so I think being able to recognize that and compartmentalizing that into what it is, a moment, instead of turning it into this mindset of like, oh my God, this is something I deal with every day. Yep. I hate my body because of this, this, and this. Because your body does so much for you. Like it keeps you alive. Keeps I mean, does functioning. it? I'm dying. Yes. I, we're all dying. <laughs> so, I mean, like it keeps you alive and it provides you the opportunity to receive love and give love. And so your body is a miracle you know in and of itself Mm -hmm. and so you need to it's very hard to be like mindful of that and respectful of that i mean especially if you're like dealing with like actual health issues because like i know that bell has had you know her series of like brain tumors and then i like recently i don't know what happened uh in 20 19 or was this 2018 no this was 2018 yeah it started august 2018 2018 where 
I was at work and then all of a sudden like I lost complete control and movement of like yeah, the right you said side you were of my going to pick up the phone and then all of a sudden bam yeah. why well, it sneezed happened. oh and was that, that oh, yeah. yeah and I, I don't know something I heard like popping noises and then all of a sudden I couldn't use the right side of my body um like and it was extraordinarily painful like it just kind of all locked up right and this was like ongoing for months and so because of that like the right side of my body like I'm predominantly right hand yeah and right. so I couldn't eat like because it just physically hurt to bring the spoon up to my mouth to feed myself or like bend my head forward Lord. In order to make sure that whatever it was that I was eating could make it into my mouth. So I lost like quite a bit of weight because of that. Um, however, a year later, I can say that I have finished physical therapy. Shout out to Results Physiotherapy on West Canyon Ridge. See them um, for all your needs. I am a 100%. Well, I don't want to say 100% better. Uh, but I am like. 95. I am I'm going to 95. Yes. I am 95% there to like where I can. And I mean, there were a few car accidents between <laughs> me Y'all, it was first entering physical therapy. And now. It's so like, like three car accidents in. There major setbacks in 2019. Um, however, I can now say that I am. 95% better and like I have control of the right hand side of my body and I have had it for like about I don't know like 10 11 months now mm -hmm. um and like I can feed myself and I can eat yeah I just saw her before we recorded saw her feed her dog and she bent down picked up the bowl put the food in it and then bent back down and put it she could not do that before in terms of like loving yourself and loving your body yes. like it was very hard for me to love my body when it was the very thing that was giving me so much pain but I keep on telling myself and telling you know repeating these affirmations basically of like this is only momentarily like yes it was a hella long year and yeah. it sucked to to be in that for that year it was a hella long year and it sucked to have suffered through that for an entire year but it was still a small blip in like the uh, long-term road of my life and so one thing that I always tell everyone and I think I've said this before so now I'm just like repeating myself <laughs> is like these feelings are fleeting like they are nothing but what is happening in the now and so if you are able to distinguish that in those feelings that are happening in the now and what is contributing to you feeling that way mm -hmm. So it could be that if you w get up and you look at yourself in the mirror and you realize that you just don't like the way that the clothes are looking on you, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you just don't like that. Then get some new fucking clothes. Go out. Yeah. Find, find like a, a consultant. Find us. <laughs> or find us. Come to us. We'll help you. I will help you. I um, will be honest, but I will make sure that you look good and feel good. Because there sometimes it the clothes that we wear truly just isn't made for our body type right like or it just it highlights the things that we don't like about ourselves mm -hmm. but i guarantee you there are clothes out there for you mm -hmm. that will make you feel like such a bomb ass bitch shout out to mod cloth for my new polka dotted jumpsuit because that is bomb <laughs> yeah and so the idea that you can love yourself and love the body that you're in mm -hmm is not some like far out future idea. It's something that you can 
do. do. It and it's, ta- it takes time. And it takes time. It takes time because just because you see us and we're talking, you know, if it sounds maybe like we're a little preachy, which it's fine if you think that, but it has taken time to get here. And so all we want to do is share what we have been through in hopes that you can take anything from um, any of our stories, even if it's just a really quick moment of our lives and you don't relate to anything else. But if you can take that, and put it into your own life like you know damn i have filled you know this void using this other stuff you know it doesn't have to be sexual it doesn't have to be food related it can be anything else that's not you know it's not good for you but you're using it to fill this void so you know being able to just see yourself but no it takes one day at a time it's and it never stops. Overnight. It never stops and it never to so for anyone that might think that bell and i are like we've achieved the pinnacle of what it means to love ourselves yeah no hell no Mm-mm. hell no that shit. can't stop won't stop <sighs> yeah that shit i have no <laughs> idea what the fuck she just did p there. diddy ah, but shake, that shake. that journey never ends it, it, it just does. it never does like i still wake up every day and have to teach myself and tell myself to be kind to my body and to love my body and to love myself. And I have to practice it every day. Yeah, exactly. And let's just say, for instance, you're not the therapy type of person. Some people aren't. It's just how it is. Or some people are just, you know, they're a little wary about going to therapy. It's a big thing. You can open up a lot of circles, especially if you have a lot of things going on. You know, that's, you know, super, super personal and dark. But one thing that I found that helped me was joining new activities. So like you've heard previously, you know, I was a singer, I was on stage, you know, I loved it. It was so great. But I found a new outlet of dancing. And I also was a dancer back then. I was a background dancer with one of my really good friends, Z. She's amazing. But I found this new group and they're called Diva Dance. Shout out to all my girls. But I you know, and with a performance squad, I take dance classes with them. And it's for people of all shapes, sizes, ages, races, colors, doesn't matter, you know, male, female, don't matter, whatever you identify as, you are welcome there and to live your best life. So for me, that's even taken my self-confidence up a notch because I feel like I have a different kind of swagger, which damn, I would have really fucked the world up if I had that in 2014. (laughs) <laughs> like let me tell you <laughs> Woo! um we might have just been like the next kardashian family because your girl probably would have went on and made a sex tape and bam yeah like i mean i think like right claudia now, lip kit like i'm in a long-term <laughs> committed relationship well, yeah. right i'm in a long-term committed relationship absolutely love this little bean to death but i know little if i were if I were to end up single sometime within like the next month or whatever, like a storm's a coming. <laughs> like yeah, I feel the same way. I, if something, if Adam had an untimely death, <laughs> you know, something like yeah, it, that's it, dude. Like it, it, yeah, it's over. I know that I would be in a spot where like dating, it would be I am con- in control of what happens because I am at that point where I am very confident and and determined and know where I want to go and who I want to end up with and I know that my 
body like i mean it looks pretty damn good like i mean like i mean i'm proud of myself like and i i like what i see and if someone just can't fucking see that then i just think you're fucking stupid Mm -hmm. like you and so like if i were to go into the dating game now it would be like okay you're gonna do this on my level or you're just gonna get off like sorry because there's gonna be someone who always always will love you for you always and there's always going to be someone who looks at you and think that you are the most beautiful thing to have ever walked this earth and so this idea that a lot of girls tell themselves like where oh i have to you know look right for this man or that man or whatever or like the kind of man that i want to get is you know looks a certain way and only has a certain type like or maybe you follow them on instagram and you see their well before before instagram hid the likes on what photos people are liking now but when they would see like, well, damn, they like all these swimsuit or Instagram thoughts. Like, damn, I don't yeah, look like or that. Like, oh, look at that thirst trap that they just fell for. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, my God, like, I don't look anything like that. Like, I'm not a redhead like yeah, I don't have Jessica Chastain. Yeah, like exactly. I don't have these fake tits. I don't have the Kardashian ass, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like there that can is- be damaging to yourself if you keep going down that hole. I've been there. Trust no, me. It's not I mean, cool. There is. I mean, social media in and of itself, when it comes to like the body positivity movement has, I mean, in my opinion, yes, it has highlighted the body positivity mm-hmm. movement, but it has also made it into like this one thing. And so one thing that I fucking hate about it is that companies have now used it and seen how they can market it to sell product. Do you want longer, shiny hair, just like the other girls on Instagram, where chew these little sugar gummy bears that are blue, and you'll have fabulous flowing hair, Yeah, too. like, in, to no experience no self-love or practice self-care, you don't have to have things. Like, no. for me, practicing self-love and self-care, it, it's not about the external physical things, but sometimes it is. Sometimes it is if you're really, really, really in a deep dark hole sometimes taking a bath and i'm not even talking about like a luxurious bath Claudia, take a bath but like yeah, i mean when i was so. in the midst of like the worst period of time or like whenever i was going through like this like sex addiction codependency mm-hmm. thing like it, it was a struggle just to get out of bed and like take a bath like very very basic hygienic needs and so for me i'm like that turkey leg everything else what turkey leg I that you left on the side of the bed yeah so like <laughs> I, but like, i'm not even kidding but like no, even yeah. just cleaning was so fucking difficult because i was like what's the fucking point to any of this true, true. and so for me i'm like all this extra like fluff of like oh yeah just put on your favorite eye mask and listen to music and drink wine and then paint your nails afterwards and then get this body scrub and yada yada. i'm like that's all fucking bullshit like that's not really what it is like that is still you are still buying things you're buying that to fill this void and you don't need that to practice self-care and self-love it's all mental like sitting down with yourself and just focusing on the mental so what are three things that you would tell somebody right now that is struggling where you were that is just super simple for them to work on themselves not like the therapy thing just what can they do at home 
right now or after this or after, you know, they leave their car, whatnot. What can they do? Look in a mirror and just out loud tell yourself that you love yourself and do that every morning when you get up let it be one of the first things that you do and i know that this is like when we said like don't go out and like buy shit like i've been shitting all over oh the my idea god of go buy these shit. gummy bears and use claudia 30 for my yeah. promo but <laughs> for me one thing that also if i'm feeling really really down i will go out and buy one piece of clothing god, that just yes. makes me feel fucking fantastic I don't have a third thing. For me, it's not that complicated. It's <laughs> that simple. For me, it's not that complicated. Um, so for me, I'm going to go back to your number one. I agree. Look at yourself. But for at least for me, I would just say, okay, if you live by yourself, cool. I mean, I don't know how comfortable you are being like naked around your family if that's your situation. But stand in front of your mirror, be completely undressed, and just look at yourself. That is going to be the most like changing thing because you're looking at all of you every crease crevice wrinkle if you have cellulite if you have um very um veins that show you know hey i got some of those too like no no shame but that's going to be something that you're probably going to end up shedding a couple of tears because it's just so hard to really look at yourself um number two would i would say would be to now again with the whole buying thing yes but buy a journal and write in your journal. I know that sounds a little weird because, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably a grown-ass adult like my ass, 32 here, um, buying a dear diary. Today was fantastic and I got my period. No, um, but write in there everything that you're feeling about your body at any point during the day and carry it with you. I have a book I carry with me and I swear to God, if anybody finds it, I will kill you. But I'm not ready for all that yet. But I write in there about certain things I don't like, and it stays there. I go back and I look at it. And I'm just like, oh, well, hmm, grew from that or, you know, whatever the case may be. I And I also look for trends in that, too, where it's like, oh, was something going on in my life that's reoccurring? So, for instance, um, the endometriosis thing or the tumor thing or just a high stress situation that pops up every, you know, six months or whatnot. You know, this is a trend because of this and just see how I can fix help fix that and help not have that reoccur. And just for the third thing, surround yourself with a positive circle. I think having a circle now, you don't have to be in a relationship. That's not what I'm meaning. I'm meaning like a positive circle, either regardless if that's you're close with your sister, close with your cousins, you have friends, you have coworkers that have now became like your best friends, like surround yourself with positive people that can relate to real things that you deal with and they're not opinionated and gonna shame you for how you feel or say I don't know why you feel like that I've cut my circle down which I have many friends many acquaintances but when it comes to the everyday people that I am socially connected with and I am not afraid to tell about myself I have no problem saying that and I know that they're gonna try and uplift me in any way possible whether it's giving me you know any kind of inspirational quote or just being like, you know what? We all have those days. Let's, you know, tomorrow will be better. Or, Hey, after, let's say I was feeling down in the morning after lunch, you'll be, you'll be fine. Like, you know, you just got to get over this. Go have your tea, go have your coffee. I don't know. Snort a line of Coke. I'm just kidding. Don't snort a line of don't. Coke. <laughs> don't. We don't promote the use we do. of, we don't promote the use of hard 
drugs. <laughs> yes, hard drugs. <laughs> on this show. Only powdered sugar. So if you haven't been to any of our social media pages, uh, then if you go back to our Instagram or Facebook, you'll see that around the holidays, we posted some, you know, body positive uh, photos from a photo shoot that we did. Um, yes. And one thing that I did whenever I was going through therapy was actually do a photo shoot and i mean it I, it was a nude photo shoot but it was very very tasteful <laughs> no i'm not laughing about a photo shoot i'm laughing about one that i did which we'll have to definitely discuss because it is hilarious and if it, you know if you go back to my social media like you can find these pictures because i posted them because they're very very tasteful no they're super tasteful uh, yeah like she's not she's anything. not spread eagle okay yeah, no i'm not <laughs> Um, but one thing that I did in my journey was doing a photo shoot, like with me and my body. And that is one thing that Belle and I did again over the holidays. And if you feel that it is something that may help you learn to love your body the way that you see mm -hmm. these other people's bodies, then I highly recommend it. Even if it's just for yourself, you're going to keep them. You're the only one who's going to see them. You're going to look at them. That's fine. You don't have to post them or show them with anybody you don't want to. Because I guarantee you that you might look at mine and Belle's photos and be like, oh my God, like they just look so good. Yada, yada. And I mean, like, I mean, thank typing, you. Thank you. Right? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Or you may not, whatever. Like, you be like this their bitch. own. Yeah. But, you <laughs> know, you may like look at Belle's and, and mine's photos and be like, oh my God, like they look so good. Mm -hmm. you I can could have, never you can have that same type of compassion for yourself let us know how you liked this episode subscribe and follow us on apple podcast or spotify at sysstop find us on social media at sysstop podcast or feel free to reach out to us at sysstoppodcast at gmail.com we, we can't, can't wait, wait to hear from you, from you.